Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 613. I'm just going to put you over here. We're going to talk about some new technology. We're going to have some resources for your classroom. We're going to do a little bit of math, too. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right. Welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurr. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I am well. I think we got some, uh, you, you've you got something that we're going to talk about in a little while, which um, I think has uh, got a lot of potential and interesting and people might want to hear about. So, sure, we can talk about that. But I did want to share that um, I have a part-time uh, job repairing computer keyboards. Well, of course, you're the tech director. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid that it might not work out too well, though. Why? I can't get any shifts. Oh. Computer keyboards, shifts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah Caught that, yeah. It's an yeah. Al- there's an alternate joke out there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Press the alt key and you get it. Mm-hmm. I'd command you. There, there you go. <laughs> to shift That's your thinking... Is. How does that function? <laughs> ah, ah. Multi, multi-function, <laughs> 1 through 16. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, hey, archaeology really is a you career in runes. Oh, 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 I see. I see. Yeah. Um, I just read a few facts about frogs. You did? Yeah, they were riveting. Oh, sure. Riveting. Um, I woke up this morning so sure that I was an 80s pop star. I was adamant. 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 Um, Yeah. You an adamant fan? No. You don't seem like an adamant fan. No, we we have very different musical tastes, I think. Mm-hmm. We do. There's some carryover, some crossover. Oh yeah, sure. But, um, oh, I got an email today promising to teach me how to read maps backwards. Oh yeah. Turns out it was spam. Oh. He's oh, he's putting the answers in white again. Let's check. Maps backwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just forgot to put the. <laughs> <laughs> turns out the show notes were incomplete. <laughs> turns out. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, hey. Um, here's a quick question for you. You are a chess player. Do you know if you can buy an entire chest set at a pawn shop? Oh, that's a good question. I've never tried. Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, yeah. <clears throat> oh, what do you call a crowd of chess players bragging about their wins in a hotel library, in a hotel lobby. Chess players bragging about their wins in a hotel. I don't know. What do you call that? Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I've been watching a, a channel on TV that's strictly about origami. Really? Yeah. It's pay per view. I, I had heard about clubs like that. The interest uh-huh. was, was, you know, hard to get going, but, but the interest is increasing. <laughs> I see what you did there. I like it. I like it. Uh-huh. Sometimes people ask me what my wife does, and it's it's difficult to say. Oh? Yeah. 
seashells, seashells, seashells by the seashore. <laughs> you are exactly right. You're exactly right. It is hard to say. <laughs> um, you know, it's not hard to say, though. What's that? Um, that we have a great um, little section today from the wonderful Dave Bidlowski on clouds and middle school NGSS. And um, this one includes, he mentioned Alpena, but not oh, Alpena, yeah? but not Alpena, Michigan. Oh, so yeah. Um, and there's a neat part about clouds and um, NASA in this one. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Yeah. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12Science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently looking at the GLOBE website at globe. Gov, and I noticed that there was a blog posting from the NASA Globe Clouds team at NASA Langley Research Center, and they were thanking a friend of mine, educator Mr. Roger Rose from Alpena Elementary in Alpena, Arkansas, for his work on this blog posting, which was about globe atmosphere, clouds, and the next generation science standards. And he wrote that atmospheric conditions are important because they play a role in soil formation and influence the types of plants and wildlife that can survive in a particular area. Measuring atmospheric conditions is important for scientists studying weather, climate, land cover, phenology, ecology, biology, hydrology, and soil. And to make sure this data is comparable from site to site, GLOBE students and scientists use GLOBE-approved instruments and follow rigorous protocols. So he looked at some of those protocols for clouds for middle school students. He said that for cloud protocols, observe and report which types of clouds are visible, how much of the sky is covered by clouds and the opacity of clouds. Also report sky and surface conditions. Each observation is matched to satellite data of clouds taken about the same time and location. Cloud observations can be taken at any time. This protocol is designed to be flexible and fit into your schedule. Classifying, observing, and reporting cloud observations when it works for you. If you observe while a satellite is overhead, you can then receive an email from NASA comparing your observations to satellite data. And your cloud observations help NASA to better understand the different types of clouds and the effects they have on Earth's climate. NASA matches cloud observations to corresponding satellite data. Satellites only see the top of the clouds while you see the bottom. By putting these two vantage points together, we get a much more complete picture of clouds in the atmosphere. So my friend Roger then looked at two performance expectations for middle school and how you could relate those to the cloud protocols. The first performance expectation was to develop a model to describe the cycling of water through Earth's systems driven by energy from the sun and the force of gravity. And he recommended to access the Globe Clouds Protocol field guides, learning activities and resources to help students understand what clouds are made of and the different types of clouds. Discuss what clouds are made of, liquid water droplets or ice crystals for the higher cirrus clouds. Discuss with the students about the basic different types of clouds, cumulus, stratus, cirrus, rain clouds, cumulonimbus, and nimbostratus. Show the globe cloud chart and use other globe cloud resources to enhance student understanding of clouds. He then encouraged teachers to take students outside and to take cloud observations. He said you could discuss the types of clouds and what type of precipitation, if any, they might produce. What types of water sources are in your area? He then looked at a second performance expectation. Collect data to provide evidence for how the motions and complex interactions of air masses results in changes in weather conditions. 
And again, students could go outside and make cloud observations. They could record the air temperature, barometric pressure, humidity, and wind speed and direction. They could access the weather information from a local weather link in our area. They could also determine what the general pattern of weather flow in our area is. For example, east to west, west to east, northwest to southeast. You could also ask the question, does the general flow of weather in your area change during different times of the year? And are there any geographic features in your area that might affect the weather patterns, such as mountains, large lakes, or ocean? And based on your cloud observations, what do you think the weather will be in the next few days? I want to thank the work from the NASA Globe Clouds team at NASA Langley Research Center for their ideas, and particularly Mr. Roger Rose from Alpena Elementary in Alpena, Arkansas, for his work. And I encourage you to check out GLOBE at globe.gov. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. You, I said we were going to mention something that you have picked up. Uh, yes. This week. And you are one of the lucky few who has... Um, Who's picked up a Vision Pro? Yeah, I, my Vision Pro arrived at school in the middle of conferences, and so uh, my team wondered why I had ended. Uh, <laughs> I was at the tail end of, of, of the, we were sitting as a team talking to a parent about their kid, and they all wondered why I was. You know, I, mine wrapped up real quick and easy. I was very short and didn't have much to say, and I said, "Excuse me, I got to run downstairs and get a. I got to see the office really quick." And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. It came in three boxes and three little packages and one's not so little, but yeah, vision pro, my vision pro arrived. Um, I am, uh, definitely, uh, on the, uh, crazy side of, um, technology. Um, and I've had a chance to play with it. I've had one evening and a little bit this morning I played with it. So, so when I talk about it, I don't have like a ton of experience yet, right? but I do have some, and so let's start with, let's go back for just a second. You said it arrived in three boxes. What that is the, correct. What were the three boxes? Because I kind of thought it was like one box and you got your thing. So what was the three boxes? Uh, so one box was the Zeiss reading glasses. Oh, okay. Because working with Troy will, will aid you. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm getting older. So um, I've had to start wearing readers. And so I popped pop the readers in. Um, I had, uh, <laughs> I bought a case for it. So I have a case. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice case. Um, so I, I, the case came in a box. And then there was the big box. The biggest of the, of the boxes was the, uh, the Apple Vision Pro itself and it's a really nice box so you lift it out and literally the the device is just sitting there it's it would be really fun to talk about this in a math class where you talk about um how is this engineered so these two pieces fit exactly around it and that's all you need to hold everything in place because that's the only contact point on the entire device um it's really really cool and then the stuff is, is underneath it in, uh, in little trays underneath the the headset tray, and that that was it. I and mean, a lot of it was just airspace. It's like the old uh, physics uh, class problem where you take the egg, throw it off a, a roof, but you package it in something so the egg survives. Right. This is very well very well engineered. It's not too heavy. Um, took it upstairs and brought it home and popped it open and setup was super easy. It was fascinating to go through the setup process. We had talked a little about this for the show, but I think this is where engineers thinking ahead and engineering really comes into play and you can make mistakes and it goes, you know, it, it factors that stuff in. You're like, thank mm -hmm. you for, thank you. Thank you for thinking of the things that I'm going to do uh, ahead of time. And then there's some other things that they don't tell you about, but, but work. And you're like, Oh, somebody was thinking about this. Um, you know, tapping your wrist instead of clicking your fingers together, you know, for, for, for using it as a mouse. Um, you know, it was really well designed. 
I will also say, just throwing this in there, I really like my my Apple Vision Pro. I, I love it a lot. It's literally it's the computer that sits on my face. Um, that's probably not a good show title. It's a computer on my face. How's that sound? Yeah. Um, I've and like I said, I've had uh, less than twenty four hours with it to play with it. There's a lot of really cool things in there. Uh, we talked about the um, the kid who was uh, or is selective mute, doesn't want to say anything. They can use their eyes. The eye tracking on this is phenomenal. Um, it's and it's a little intuitive. It's it feels like there's a little AI in there that reads you and is like, he's going to want that. Nope, he's going to want that. Hey, you know what? He's over here now. It's I. I have been very, very happy with it so far. Granted, I, you know, less than twenty-four hours in, but but I'm really happy with it. I watched. I got three and three quarters hours of battery life out of it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that you can't just re- plug it into a regular charger. I didn't. I plugged it into my my uh, Huawei um, uh, laptop charger, which charges everything, all my Apple products too, and. Um, and that little battery said, no, not enough. So you, I had to use the, the brick that Apple provided. Yeah. And things charged up fast, really well. Um, the battery is not... Everybody complains about the cable and the battery. but I, And I have an Oculus Quest 2. And this is so much better than the Quest 2. I really want, like, Wander. The app Wander that's in the Quest. I really want that for this. But I, I, what I would like to... Future speaking, I would mm-hmm. like to grab and find places that have 3D models of historical places that I can take and I could use as illustrations and manipulate in class and have the kids see me manipulate it so they could see what it looks like as a historian examines something and then point out the various features that they need to focus on rather than being lost in the whole of the thing. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see where I can go with that. There are some out there. There's one for airplane pilots here, plan out your flight. This is what it's going to look like as you travel to the face of the earth. That's nice. I would like to get down in and, and get into the nitty gritty and, and see the, see some places. The, the one thing I like about wander is you can go and you're right there. You're standing at somebody's eye level and you're seeing everything from that perspective. However, because you're working with the quests, um, uh, visual aspect, the, the screen, which is an mm-hmm. LG cell phone. Uh, you're you're limited, and there's there's some issues, there's some problems. The the visuals on this are so sharp. Um, they really, I mean, they, they say that they pop is just not enough because it's 3D, right? But it's and it's manipulable, right? With the I don't have the controllers that I have to worry about not dropping the controller with the Oculus Two Quest or any of them. Um, I'm using my fingers, and I. I don't have to worry about that. I can focus on what I got to do rather than splitting my attention in two different places, which makes it hard when you're trying to work. And I'm not going to work in a quest too. Just not, it's not going to happen. There's no real thing I can do in the quest to do quote unquote work. Whereas I can pair a Bluetooth keyboard to this probably could to the quest too, but um, mm-hmm. pair a keyboard and a trackpad and away I go from wherever I want to be. You do it in there. I, it has airplane mode. It's got travel mode, so it knows when you're traveling and it'll adjust things accordingly. It measures the ambient light outside the set. Um, it helps regulate things inside to protect your eyes. I've had warnings where it said, like I, I grabbed the, the headset to kind of adjust it, and I pushed in accidentally instead of just moving it because still figuring out the whole depth thing. And it popped a message on that says, your eyes are too close. You need to pull back a little bit or adjust things, but you're too close. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my mom, don't set something else to the TV. <laughs> well, I was sending too close to the TV. Um, it's uh, it's really good. My, I, my whole thoughts on this are, are just a stream of rambling thoughts. So you might have to ask questions to get me more focused, but uh, well, I was gonna, I'm very and- impressed with it. I was going to say, because we talked a little bit about this the in pre-show, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, you kept using the word amazing. And you're like, I know it's it overused, but it's uh, it's just kind of amazing. And then the the question, knowing knowing you, 
is, um, and you had talked about this before, before it arrived, about using it with kids and how you could do that. And one of the things that you had checked and you were kind of excited about um, was the ability to stream the experience to a projector or another device so that yeah. um, others could share in with that. And I know you haven't had an opportunity to do that yet, but if, as you're projecting, um, how do, do you see a way where you could do that with, with us for the kids? Um, and would you record that? Cause obviously if you have it, you wouldn't want to like not be able to see the kids and be present in the class when the kids are there. So right. how would you, how would you, uh, how would you address that situation? So it's interesting that you say that uh, because we're going through um, teacher, observa teacher observation things right now. The assistant principal sent me my yearly message of let's schedule a time when I can come to your room or you could use the swivel. But what if I did it in the headset, right? And I sent that as my video. Here. <laughs> come along. See what I do in the day. Um, that might be interesting as well because sometimes uh, principals will focus on or observers, they focus on what they see and you didn't see it because you're busy working, teaching and doing things. You can't see and do everything. And right. so they, and all of a sudden they ding you on the presentation because, well, this thing happened over here that you weren't watching or you didn't see this, but this happened. Well, and I, that's the reason why I couldn't do anything about it. You're, you're blaming me for being human. So uh, that's an interesting thing. But yeah, uh, would I record it? I don't know if I'd record it or not. That's a good question. Um, if I'm putting it in Moodle behind a firewall, probably I have no problem recording it. Um, but um, putting it out there for others and, and for the world, I probably wouldn't do that. Well, well I guess it's what I was thinking is you talked about like dealing with primary sources, right? So being an example of, you know, in 3D, picking something up, looking at it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, is that something that you would record for students and then explain oh, to them kind of thing? Like this is how a, a researcher works or even having, you know, picking up and having and doing something with it and then having them know what, what they see or what they don't see or make observations that way. Um, I think initially as a teaching device, I do it live in the classroom because it's got pass through and the pass through is really good so that I could see that kid. That's good. I know I got a list of names in my head right now. Kids. Who would <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. It's no, 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 no. That kid is gonna. So, uh, and that's why I would do it with them rather than doing a recording because it's it's different when they see somebody and they're with that somebody doing it because they'll think of questions in the moment right it's a middle school brain and and they got questions in it and they pop up right now and they have to be answered right now because they can't hold on to that thought and write it down or <laughs> right. do it later because they're on to the next thought there's just so many thoughts coming and i know if i were to do this it would just be a one you wouldn't really get a lot done. It would just be a lot of answering questions. But it might be the setup, and it might be a good setup for then saying, all right, now I'm going to give you this document. Obviously, I'm going to give it to you in 2D form. No, you're not going to wear the headset. Yes, you're a good kid. No, it's not going to happen. Um, and they do that as a lead-in to creating an investigation of their own. Obviously, it's not going to have the same thrill point. I uh, saw a video about three, four weeks ago of an ADD kid who was watching Star Wars and all of the yeah. action and all of the movement was enough to keep them occupied and still, but sitting in front of a computer doing a little math game, you know, they're spinning in their chair, their eyes were everywhere. They couldn't focus. It was a math game, but because it didn't have all the sensory input of uh, the Star Wars video, then it was, you know, it didn't, it didn't feed that, that attention need. And I'm wondering if there's some things, some aspects to this that might be able to do that, being able 
to manipulate and do things in, in a 3D environment or even going and finding um, inside the face. So uh, as a, a tangent to this, the, the light seal has a little piece, piece of cloth over the nose. And mm-hmm. on the quest, I've always fought with that, that piece trying to be tight enough that it seals off the light so I can really focus on what's on the, the cell phone screen inside the, the quest. Uh, and this has a little curtain built right in there. And I don't have to worry about that. And I can focus on comfort and adjustment, that sort of thing. And with being able to then fade out, because you can turn the dial and fade out everything else. You know, maybe that's enough to give them that centered focus and they have to move and while they're doing it. So you're giving them that movement opportunity. And then, of course, you could always then mirror it to your to tablet or device to see what they're they're actually doing rather than playing games. Um, but that may be a, a solution as well. Now, this is a very, very expensive solution to that kind of problem. I don't recommend that at all. But like in the future, you know, the, the early adopters pay the price and then the price comes down over time. So maybe right. fourth or fifth generation. And that's that's part of the question is that like right now, obviously, you, you, school districts are buying classroom sets of vision pros. Um, <clears throat> and I remember Google, um, what was the? Not the Google Glass, but the the cardboard. Um, yeah, where you slide experience. the cell phone in. Well, yeah, you slide the cell phone in. And I remember some smart, of the but... science teachers being just excited about that because they could do underwater. They could go to underwater and see what was happening. Mm-hmm. They go places. So the question becomes, like, when the when the cost comes down what are going to be some of the use cases and how will it how could kids use it how could teachers use it with kids so that they're learning things that they can't do now that you know replaces something um and i think that's one of the things that's going to be very interesting is uh, how long does it take for the the cost to come down, and what kind of difference does it make for kids when that cost does come down? Yeah, I think. Well, I think one of the things as this gets more advanced, it's going to be lighter and lighter and lighter. I could see it where it gets mm-hmm. to the point at some point where it's going to be uh, a pair of like those 1950s or 60s thick glasses with the, and you're simply working off of that. Um, I don't know how far down the road, but and then if that happens, so somebody projected or speculated that maybe this is the new iPhone or this is the iPhone killer because I yeah. do everything on my phone. I can do it on this. I called my sister last night through the headset and, um, First of all, I will say that my persona is uh, scary and ugly. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to be using it. Uh, And, but I got really good audio and clarity. I could take her and then she, we were talking about something and I said, well, here, just a minute. So I literally reached out, moved her just to the side and opened up a browser window and said, well, you know, I think uh, it was a date for something. I said, I think it's this date. And so we're able to have that conversation and, and, and pull in some other stuff. Could I do it otherwise? Yes. But right. it was super easy. Or, uh, and I imagine this, you talking with somebody and you're like, I'll just move them to the side and let them talk. Because I can do this thing over here while they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily ethical or moral, but <laughs> it could happen. Um, <laughs> so I, you're on a Zoom session, and you just uh, uh-huh. you're. You, you, I'm just gonna put you over here. <laughs> so here's the other thing with a Zoom session: it's your persona, right? So it's almost as good as having your camera off, because as you move and blink your eyes and and do things, you know the 
the person, the presenter in the Zoom is going to think you're engaged in what they're doing. Right. Here we are. So welcome to the show. We're going to teach you how to get out of <laughs> virtual PD. It's going to cost you a little bit, but you'll be able to get out of virtual PD. So, <laughs> I mean, there, there is that. I guess I should really then develop my work on that persona thing. But um, I, I don't know. It's the, the apps are plethora. The apps are many. Um, it's not. And they're making so many more. Somebody started a spreadsheet with uh, virtual apps, virtual pro apps, and they've essentially given up because the sheet is just monstrously long. Are there any uh, educational apps that you found so far? And this is granted; it's only been the twenty-four hours or so. But have you found educational apps? Uh, mostly any educational app you would find on the iPad or iPhone. You're going to find on here. The question is, did they tick a box to say, we're going to make a virtual or a vision pro version vision of this, pro or version, we're just going right. to use the iPad version. Um, they both work. I, I love the, we talked about this before the show. Uh, uh, there are no Google apps on there. You can't get Chrome. You can't get all this <laughs> other stuff, which right. I, I find interesting. Right. So there's no, no YouTube on there. So there's an, uh, an app developer called Juno. And they're like, that's okay. It's all right. Two bucks, two bucks. And you can use <clears throat> Juno. It's just like using YouTube, except it's Juno. And put in your YouTube account and it will feed you with the same thing in your, your algorithm and you go be happy. And it's a virtual. So YouTube missed the, missed the boat on that one because Juno's get, making two bucks off of doing what they already have in in MetaQuest, it just, and, and it's question, nice. I like it. The, I guess the, the question the, in part becomes, is Google missing out though? Because they're, they're still getting, if you're watching the YouTube video, they're still getting the advertisement income and in, in that, right? They're missing out on the YouTube side, but they're or not missing out on the YouTube side because you're still there connecting, mm -hmm. you're running the algorithm, people are getting, making their money. They are missing out on the search engine engine side and on the the Chrome browser side sure. of things. Plus, um, any native Google uh, apps. I mean, you can still access all your Google stuff on the browser. That's not a problem, and that's probably what they're thinking. But I don't know how, and I don't know how hard it would be to port those software pieces over. But when I did a search, the, everything was like crickets looking for any google yeah. stuff whatsoever now somebody who has embraced it and gone in you know in for a penny in for a pound uh is microsoft and they've everywhere their apps are you know hey you should try this hey you know what we've got this in here too we had talked about the show like who's this really focused on and there's a lot of productivity and um corporate type apps slack the whole Microsoft Office Suite, Zoom, um, and, and all those types of things are all in there, and they're all vying for your attention. And they're, they're, um, I don't want to say sponsored, but they're like the ones that are like promoted within the, the app store. It's like you know, you probably, you probably do work because you have enough money to buy one of these, so that probably involves work, <laughs> and you might want to use something like this for your work. And, it is a good point. If you can afford, if you can afford a Vision Pro, you probably have a job. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, you'll need one if you if you if you get one, you'll need a job. The so there's there's that aspect to it. Uh, have I gone in and played any games yet? No. Um, did I break down and buy the uh, game controller? Yes, but the game controller is backlogged and won't be here for another four or five weeks. Um, That's interesting. I thought it was interesting too, because the the controller and the headset and the everything is kind of like matching. I don't know that the controller the controller was around before the headset and everything else, but you you look at it and you're like, oh, oh, that's that was designed to be a set. I see what they did here. So is the controller so, from Apple or is it from someone else? Apple's selling it, but I believe it's a PS2 or not PS2, PS5 okay. controller. So it's it made like by someone else. I think so. 
It's okay. a controller that looks like it's wearing uh, Stormtrooper armor. You know, it's got that hmm. white shell and the black underneath. So I'm going to do that. Um, I will start playing some more with some, see if I can find some educational things. I'm really interested in the 3D aspect of things. I went looking for, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I had played around with 3D cameras in the past and really didn't do much with it because I didn't have a good way to get them to the kids. And many years ago, I bought a Views 3D 360 camera uh, made in Tel Aviv, I believe. And I like it. And it's solidly built. The battery is decent. The problem is it heats up so it shuts down after a few minutes, not a few, about 30 minutes. Which is okay for if you're going to do 3D, just use the the, the uh, spatial pictures. Then who cares? Um, and I not pulled that out. Now I, I should mention uh, the, the views. Uh, Human eyes uh, has uh, since shuffled off this mortal coil. Their website's around, but it's not been updated. It needs it needs certificates in, in updating. Um, I don't think you can get the software anymore. It had some really good software with it, but it's built on the protocol that everybody uses now for that stuff. So you should be able to use it and be just fine. But I'm going to pull that out and I'm going to start taking some pictures using that uh, little device and transferring them over and then putting them in the uh, Vision Pro to get that whole spatial video, spatial uh, photo uh, thing. I went looking on the net and, the, and a lot of those companies that had built those so many years ago are no longer around. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if it brings that industry back. So you can take 3D or spatial video with uh, Vision Pro as well, right? So you could. Yeah. yeah. You... <laughs> Sorry, there's a story there. Okay. You say it sounds like it. Yeah. So I went to just a headset. So I reached up and I grabbed the, because you can't grab it by the the light seal. It's magnetic and it pops out real easy. It's easy to change. It's easy to manipulate, move around to get access to things. So you have to grab it by the aluminum frame. And I did. And I did what everybody does naturally. Grab on the edge and pull. So I accidentally, because you can't Please. see it, I hit the digital <laughs> crown and the button at the same time. And I heard the familiar click. <laughs> oh not only can you adjust the headset you can take a picture at the same time so i have a couple of pictures of uh just the house and i didn't mean to didn't mean to take them at all so i've got a couple spatial video pictures i just <clears throat> never intended to take spatial photos yeah and i'm just thinking because long 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 ago um Friend of I, a friend of mine and I had talked about going to Greenfield Village and oh yeah, taking 3D video uh, and images, mostly 3D images at that time, of like things like important artifacts that were in Henry Ford um, Village, Greenfield Village, um, Henry Ford Museum, which is now like the Henry or whatever. Yeah the Henry Ford, but, <clears throat> and I just think about how easy that could now be because <laughs> that was a lot of work. We had, there was, uh, you had to take multiple, you had to take lots and lots of pictures. You had to take them at just the right angle. There was, uh, like three different pieces of software you had to run it through in order to get the right. 3d, uh, you know, at the end of the, the process there. And now it's like, you could, grab the object and turn it around <laughs> and yep. be done. Right. So. Well, well, so that's interesting too. The Oculus you can't wear outside or the two, my quest you can't wear outside because you'll fry the sensors, you'll fry the cameras. Sunlight will destroy them. And this actually has light adjusting. You could take this outside and use it. You could, uh, you'd look really weird walking around Greenfield Village <laughs> with that set up. Um, you would definitely get asked some questions. But if you had the, that little views camera and you just, and the nice thing is that it's, the stabilization's not good because it was really er, in the real early days of stabilization. 
but you could set that up and pop that and you could have you could have your nice um uh 3d image i think one of the things that would be a limited run but it's definitely a market is grabbing some of those really cool 180 3d scenic pictures and then offering those to people for their their environments inside of uh the the um Vision Pro headset using it as, as, you know, you want to tune out the distraction of the world, turn that dial mm-hmm. and go into, you know, some sort of picture. And I think it might be cool to kind of, I don't know that it would make money, but it would be a fun thing, a fun hobby, a fun thing to do is to go and grab some of those really cool pictures. And, and when you say turn the dial, the turning the dial allows you to change whether you're st- the pass through is right. So the pass through can go away, and you can and you want to isolate your environment and get rid of the things around you and just focus on the one thing. So, for example, uh, I watched a, a TV show in Apple TV called Slow Horses, and uh, it's it's in a box, it's in a frame, but I can hit that dial and turn it so that my entire surroundings. Uh, are black and then mm-hmm. there's no edge to the frame it's just it's it's there and you're watching it happen in, in place i can only imagine i have not done it yet but if i was a, if there was a 3d movie doing that would actually make things pop a little more in 3d terms and really give you that immersive environment but like for example when i was talking with my sister i turned it so that i was not focused on the distractions of the computer in front of me I was focused on my conversation with my sister right. and then my nephew. And I just had a ton of fun messing with my nephew. Um, and it told me I had to get a job because he wants one. And it told me I had to get a job. <laughs> and that was just hilarious to hear that conversation. Um, he's, he's 10. So there's getting a job on there. Yeah. <clears throat> that's mom and dad's responsibility. And that is, that's right. <laughs> so, Good news is job market's pretty uh, robust right now, so he can get a job. It just, uh, <clears throat> you know. Uh, all right, so um, look forward to you kind of continuing to figure out how we'd use this uh, educationally as well as personally. Right, sounds like uh, sounds like you are a big a big believer at this point. And, I am. I th- when I think about it for teens, I think there's one more thing. I know you want to wrap up this section, mm-hmm. but this one last thought that just hit me. Um, there's been a lot of research done saying maybe teens should be limited on some of the things that they do. I could see some teens going in here, turning up the world, and and like dropping off the the grid and just living inside of this thing. And um, the good thing the battery only lasts for uh, so many hours because eventually you have to come out of this world, right? But I could see teens living just or existing just to live inside this world. And that could be a problem. So I don't know if I would necessarily give this to a teen and say, you know, bye. Like Um, everything else, moderation and being a parent still means being a parent and saying no sometimes. Now, ancient guys like myself. Yeah, we just call ourselves hermits. (laughs) I already am a hermit, so you just, just it's okay. we're going back to the sixties. Tune in and turn on and tune tune in and tune out is uh what was was that the what was the phrase? Tune in and turn out. Uh, turn in and tune out. There's some about drop out. There's a drop out thing in there too. Yeah. 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 Tune in so and I get turn on and drop out. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see. So, uh, there might be there might be some social things that come along as well. Because you can have so many other FaceTime. I've only seen a max of three. But I, I wonder if you, there, you, there's a social space where, you know, you could just meet and just kind of the cacophony of the conversations, though. But think of it like a, Troy likes to refer to those like cocktail party events where you just come in, you just, right. not cocktails, but a meet and greet type of thing. Yeah. Um, uh 
I wonder if you couldn't do something like that where you just had this and then people move out the side rooms. Uh, so there's one other freaky thing. So if, right. I, As- if I open a window here in my workroom here, um, and then I walk out to the kitchen, the window stays here. It doesn't chase me around. <laughs> right. It doesn't follow me. Right. It's not following the set headset. It exists in this space. And when I come back to the room, it's right where I left it. Right. So I imagine a kid like, where's your homework? Uh, you know, cause it exists in the space in which you opened it, created it, put it, you can recenter things. You can pull things into the, you know, if you, if he goes down and hits the, the app, it'll pull it right to where he's at right now, but it leaves it where, so that's kind of something else to get used to as well. But yeah, no, let's wrap up the section. And so, well, I, I just one more thing, I guess, that, since you brought it up, made me think of, <laughs> What about remote education? Would would this change remote education? Would this change the way that that looks and feels and is handled as well? Yes, very much so. Especially if you develop and design the content to fit the technology. And it's really not so much design and fit. How's the best way to put it? If we take and modify what we're doing, take the existing and... Take it off of a two-dimensional design, put in a three-dimensional design. This is going to take hours and hours and hours and hours of work. It's going to take a ton of work, but it's also going to take creators, content creators to go and figure out how to, how to fit this in. But you could do some really cool things. Like think about what it could do for CTE programs. You don't have to have controllers to do anything. You could manipulate things with your hands. Now you're Mm -hmm. not going to get the feel, the true feel of it, but when you talk about process, you know, you could do a process and demonstrate it inside this, this computer environment that uh, would other have to be done. Otherwise have to be done live. So I think with remote education, I think about things like Alaska schools, right? Remote Alaska school programs could benefit from something like this, you know, hook that to Starlink. And the next thing you know, you've got a, a wonderful uh, tool and device. Um, or maybe Wycliffe translators and kids in, in far off countries. And it just, so the, the technology is about 10 years, I think, ahead of where education could go. Well, and one of the reasons that I bring it up, quite frankly, is we're doing lots of work with, um, with AI right now. And what I find interesting is from a teacher perspective, what teachers are doing with AI is falling at this point, falling very heavily into replicating what they've always done. Right. Right. They're, they're creating multiple choice questions. They're, they're writing lesson plans and it speeds up writing lesson plans. Nothing wrong with that. I I don't, I, I, I'm not saying that, but a, a lot there, there's not a lot of what are students doing? How does this change the student experience? And and again, it's something new and you always start with what you know, right? So, but I just find it interesting that um, in listening to teachers and how teachers are using AI and what they're doing with it, it's like, this is speeding things up for me. Not, hey, how could this change the experience for students? Um, so I, I just think that that's kind of interesting. And uh, I, I do wonder as well with like Vision Pro, would it change remote learning or would it make remote learning just the same thing? But um, no, I think it looks yes a little no. different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is, you know, when I had an assistant principal one time who said, I said, well, we need to, uh, something I wanted to do. And he says, you need to do that right now. I said, well, I want to make sure I get this planned out and I want to make sure things are in the right order. And I want to make sure things are good. He goes, no, no, no. He says, Sean, on this one, it, you don't do ready, aim, fire. You do ready, fire, aim. Yeah. Your first iteration tells you what you, where you made your mistakes. And your second iteration is the actual 
program or product. He says, so don't just shoot, just shoot and we'll see what happens. And then we'll go back and fix it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh yeah, we could do that. Not with everything, obviously, but right. with this particular thing we were doing. And so I, this in some ways is a very refined, ready, shoot, aim. Okay. I think, especially with AI integration, wow, what wonderful things we could do. So I think Troy is going to start firing AI stuff, and then we're going to figure out where the aiming points come afterwards. Doing some work with AI, and we have some other ideas for AI, definitely. So Cool, 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 yeah. cool. Um, I did want to share that um, um, I had a, a thing that makes me very happy is uh, I've changed our Moodle login page. Um, yes, it looks nice. It's, it's, <laughs> this is not going to make anybody happy but me. But what it does is it really focuses end users on what we want them to do. Um, Moodle by default has the username and login box at the top. And that's not what we want people to use. We want them to use the login with Google button. So I was able to switch those around. So the login with Google, Google button is at the top because that's what people are going to do. They're going to, whatever's on top is what they're going to click on. And then I was also able to highlight that button as a bright yellow. I could have made it any color, but I made it a bright yellow. Again, just to draw the eye to, hey, click here. Um, because it lowers frustration for people. And, you know, the, the you, you don't want to frustrate people at the very beginning of their experience. So, and I wrote that up on, on my blog if people are interested in doing that as well. So, um, one thing people might be interested in is the social web. Yeah. So, a um, couple of things on the social web. Susie Dent. She had a couple words of the week this or day. Sorry, words of the day this week. Um, it's been a long week, conferences and 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 fourteen hour days. Um, mm -hmm. So Susie Dent at uh, at Susie underscore Dent. Uh, one word of the day was consult. C o n s t u l t. Consult. Seventeenth century word to act stupidly together. It's one of several I vote to resurrect from the historical dictionary. And I think that's one we could help her with that like when we're writing <laughs> referrals, right? right. And you got a whole group of people and you're like, this is this, yeah, we're going to throw the word consult that in your system. So it's, yeah, it would be fun. Uh, this reminds me of something I totally forgot to tell you earlier. Troy and I talk about cursive, right? So I had a <laughs> cursive event this yes. week and it, this made me think of it. I was out. Uh, for a doctor's appointment and I wrote up my lesson plans and I put it on my desk and I went to do the thing and I got a text from the math teacher across the hall who informs me that I need to stop using cursive because none of the <laughs> teachers can read it. And then, and then I get a, I get a printed note at the bottom of my lesson plan paper, my sub plan paper. I get a note that says, Please do not use cursive. I cannot read. P-H-A-N-X. <laughs> oh. Oh. And and so I went and found her name, and she's not going to be subbing in our building anymore, it turns out. But I do know the building she will be subbing in. And so I'm going to be taking a Zaner Blozer card that has uh, the, uh, the, the cursive letter mm -hmm. alphabet on it and just dropping that into the office mail for her. Um, just my way of having fun. So I'm out again next week and I wrote up my plans and I showed the, took a screenshot or the <laughs> camera on my phone and I sent it in message to the math teacher across the hall. And she wrote back, I am not amused. Uh, <laughs> I stapled a copy of that Zener Blozer cursive paper so they could translate my lesson plans. <laughs> She's not amused. <laughs> uh, another word of the day. Another word of the day from Susie Dent is explatterate. It's a 19th century word. It means to waffle on continuously as a means of avoiding a difficult question. And that describes the students at conferences uh, this past week. 
they were definitely explaterating as they uh as parents were trying to find out what was going on with their grade uh you know you know tony vincent i think well i included um a post from tony vincent over on mastodon.cloud where a um makes us aware of Aftelnet, And what this is, is this is an online timer made for teachers. This is really nice. Number one, it is free. No login, no ads. So ad-free. It is very slick. Um, I would say, they also say that this can be used for conferences and presentations and i would agree this looks really nice it is kind of full screen timer again no ads you can prevent um the screen from going to sleep with the setting there oh <clears throat> you can show like you can have the background change colors as you're getting closer to the um to the end <clears throat> which is a nice little visual cue um and you can type in descriptions and um just all kinds uh, so really nice easy to use there's a couple buttons off to the left which you can click on and you know they'll tell you what they do and it just it just works and it's easy to set a timer and um, you know, make it full screen and and uh, useful for kids. So I thought that was pretty neat. So uh, if you're looking for a timer, check it out. Excellent. Yeah, we were going to use a timer for conferences so that we didn't run over on our appointments. Yep. Um, it, 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 we didn't put one up, but it would have been rather useless anyway. We were over every single time, which is not, nothing stopping us. It's kind of like when we say we're going to do a short show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Robert Scoble at Scobilizer uh, posted Apple Vision Pro is the best consumer consumer electronics appliance of my life by far. He's had it longer than I have. Um, and and I'm really enjoying mine. We'll, we'll find out if it's the best experience so far. But uh, yeah, uh, high praise for Robert Scoble. I threw this one in there uh, mostly for you, but also for the other folks. Uh, if you're if you're not in the Detroit or Michigan area or this region of the country, you may not know of Fago beverages. Way back in the early 1900s, there was a couple of Russian immigrants here in Detroit, and they made cakes and they made cake frostings. And people started taking their cake frosting, putting it into fizzy water, and turning it into you know carbonated beverages. And they said, well. That's crazy. <laughs> so they started doing it themselves and realized they could make more money at that than they could at making cakes. So they shut down the cake factory and they just did carbonated beverages. Well, so around this area, it's a, it's a thing. People love their Fago mm -hmm. and they, they made one. They made, they, they made, they made one for the, for the Detroit Lions, which has become a, a popular thing these days. And they said, what does a lion victory taste like? Grit, hard work, determination, and another not so secret ingredient. And there you go. It's a bottle of Fago pop, but it's got a new flavor. That's right. That's I was right. not aware of this. I love this. Yes. Yes. So, so. there you go. It's the, it's the Fago kneecap. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, so uh, those are some things that have happened around the uh, around the network, uh, the the verse, the I don't know what you would, the the world of the uh, online conversation, and uh, maybe someday um, those things will be incorporated into classrooms as a strategy, teaching strategy. They they might they might indeed. Um, I have actually a couple of of uh, math things for you this week. One okay. is um, yeah. stop using these four words in math class. 
Okay, which four words are those? Yeah, so um, number one is cancel. And oh. um, the um, this is by Dan Elaria. And um, he says, you know, it leads to confusion if you're talking about canceling. And um, and that that's that's the most important thing is learn, kids learning the process and the understanding what's happening and why it's happening. So um, you know, attend to precision is what he suggests instead. Um, the second word is actually two words: plug in. Hmm. Um, and instead of plugging in, um, he uh, says that you know there's there you're not really plugging anything in, um, and he says it should be more of substitution, um, knowing the property of equity. Third word is reduce. Um, because it doesn't really reduce the value. Um, and this is that, you know, kind of causes confusion. Um, and he says, instead, it should be equivalent form. And this is specifically around rewriting fractions. And um, uh, the next one I thought was interesting is cross-multiply. Um and he says, again, this just causes confusion amongst kids um, and that they're not cross-multiplying. Um, it just leads to confusion. So I thought that was interesting. And um, I think it's interesting to watch language and making sure kids understand the concept and reducing confusion. So, So that was one. Um, and the second math thing that I had this week was, um, a math teacher's advice to parents. And, um, this one is from math with bad drawings, <laughs> which I, I love okay. the title of that, um, whole concept of lover of math, bad at drawings. It's like, okay. <clears throat> and here, the, the, the basic premise of this is um, to stop, stop killing off the desire of kids to enjoy math for the um, experience of math and help kids develop a love of math and it'd be okay to love math. So... Um, <clears throat> I thought this was an interesting article on, on that as well. Over at Ditch That Textbook, uh, Matt Miller has a couple of things on AI, one of which is an AI text adventure. Um, did you do text adventures as a kid there, Sean? I did. Uh, yeah. Zork, uh, Wishbringer, um, a couple others. They're fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. And um, he talks about creating um, text adventure stories with AI. And one of the things that's really neat, and I think this could be helpful for people to learn how AI works, is he talks about how you can get different answers asking the same question. Um, so entering the prompts, and I think that can help people learn about AI and how AI works. So you can check that out. And then he has another one on guided notes as well, um, specifically through videos and um, creating guided notes. <clears throat> and then we also have uh, Larry Ferlazzo. You know, Larry Ferlazzo, very proficient yeah. educator, uh, writing up things. Mm -hmm. And he has, there's, there's, a, there's a trend going around of explaining it to me like I'm a five-year-old. Uh, 
and he's taken on that and that trend and he has his students um create explain it like i'm a five-year-old activities and um he's got the lesson plan for things for how he does this and he has shared the lesson for how he does this a uh, couple things that i think are interesting is that he includes vocabulary so the kids have to kind of identify the vocabulary of a five-year-old um, mm. when they're creating these as well so so you can check that out and then finally these are things that kind of usually interest me and we've talked about a couple of these in the past and that is what is the world like how is the how are people's experience different around the world and this one is called dollar street and it is um <clears throat> it shows the the variance in income from different places around the world and there's a little slider there so you can take a look at like what would it be like if you were making x number of dollars in kenya versus the united states and what does that mean so you can do some searching and some filtering you can narrow down by different parts of the world um as as uh and income so it's kind of neat so kind of fun to take a look at <clears throat> the other thing that is fun is if you go into the podcast catcher of your choice and give us a five-star rating tell us why sean is the world's greatest co-show host uh, we would greatly appreciate that and of course we have notes um everything's written up over at middleschoolmatters.com with links we may have a couple of jokes that were skipped over this week as well and some additional resources and we all appreciate there's links there you can reach out to us we'd love to hear from you so with that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guests and not indicative of any employer.